morning we are continuing in our love series, and we're going to talk about something that is a very deep and intricate aspect of love. And it is something that keeps us back from experiencing the peace of God. Either, either experiencing the peace of God or experiencing peace within our relationships with other people. So today we're going to be talking about what I called the peace of forgiveness. We're going to talk about the different elements of it. I have an acronym for it, P-E-A-C-E. We're going to talk about different aspects of the peace, of both receiving the forgiveness that God offers us and also extending that same forgiveness to others. So if you've ever heard a message on peace, um, this is not it. (laughs) And if you've ever heard a message on forgiveness, God has something new for you. I mean, I think we kind of, we feel like, oh, I already know about forgiveness, but I've been praying that specifically today, each one of us would walk out of this experience changed. I'm so honored to be able to bring the word of God to you. I'm so grateful. I'm thankful for those who are visiting with us online, who um, we miss you guys. Can't wait to all be together. Maybe that's going to be in heaven. Who knows? How many of you are looking forward to heaven? Just, just 15 of you. We will have uh, counselors standing by afterwards for those of you who aren't. Uh, I just, I long for heaven. We were talking about prayers that have been prayed in the year 2020. And uh, the, the main prayer I think that I have prayed has been, come Lord Jesus. <laughs> just take us home. Wouldn't that be so sweet? But I'm not a quitter, so I'm going to keep going. Um, today, so as we talk about the peace of forgiveness, uh, I, I really, you know, The Adventure Church exists for the purpose of loving God, glorifying God, lifting up the name of Jesus, and loving people, which means we don't want to just do church. We don't want to just, you know, go through these rituals. I really pray for you on on a, a regular basis that you would be changed by the word of God. You would be changed in the presence of the living breathing God. Amen? So it, with that in mind, would you mind praying with me? Father, we, we humble ourselves, Lord. We come before you and we declare to you our desperation. Lord, even for those who don't know their desperation, I ask God, you would give us a hunger and a thirst for righteousness so that we could be filled. Speak something new, Lord. Give us deeper insight. Help us to see clearly, Lord. Help us to see more clearly than we've ever seen before. Give us spiritual eyes. Give us eyes to see and ears to hear what your Holy Spirit is speaking to each one of us. In the name of Jesus. Amen. So, buckle your seatbelt, and here we go. We are going to talk about the peace of forgiveness. How many of you are, you can be honest, are kind of, dreading Christmas a little bit this year. How many of you kind of have already resigned yourself to the fact that life is never going to be the same as it ever has been? Yeah, I think, I think the Lord is redefining us. 
I believe that, th- that the Lord wants to redefine each and every one of us. And one of the ways that I believe he wants to do that is to give us the peace that goes beyond understanding. And that comes through receiving the forgiveness and also extending that forgiveness. And so what I want to say is today in the acronym PEACE, P stands for peace, or I mean forgiveness is possible. How many times have you uh, been to a movie or uh, you you see something or, or you even hear somebody in your life say, I can never forgive that. That is unforgivable. Or I would, I would understand if you never forgave me for this. This is, this is common language in our culture. There's this, there's this sense of, you know what? There are certain lines, and if you cross that line, that's it. There is no forgiveness left for you. What I'm here to tell you is that, that the Bible says, and that Jesus Christ says through the Holy Spirit, it is possible for us to forgive. It is possible for us to release people. We're going to talk about three different uh, original words in the, in the original Greek, which is the language of the New Testament. And I am not a New Testament scholar. I just have an app on my phone and I refer to it often. But there are three different words, Greek words that are translated forgive. And so we're going to talk about the differences in those. But there is a, a sense of being forgiven which I think so many people struggle with. People struggle with shame. They struggle with with releasing themselves from the guilt. It almost seems like that's too easy. I just can't, I can't receive the forgiveness of God. But that's what the Lord is calling us to. So the first P is possible. It's possible to be set free from shame. And it is possible to extend God's grace to other people. If you would turn in your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Remember, go eat popcorn. It's in the New Testament. (laughs) I heard my granddaughter say popcorn. Um, Colossians chapter 3, it says, Bearing with one another and forgiving one another if anyone... Turn to your neighbor and say, you're anyone. Now say it to yourself, I'm anyone. It says, if anyone has a grievance against another. Now this is the part that just slays me. This this next sentence legitimately changed my life. It it healed my marriage to a large extent. Um, My husband and I were at a marriage conference and they were talking about those little things that cause bitterness to start to kind of build itself up in a marriage, those little annoyances, those the little things that keep keep stacking on top of each other. And and they used this particular scripture that says, just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you are also to forgive. The version that I heard it in was the uh, New International Version, but it says, in the same way that God has forgiven you, you must forgive one another. And, you know, so I was sitting in this session thinking, well, yeah, of course, of course. Of course we need to forgive. That's important, right? That We all know that as, as people of God, people who believe that God is real, if you understand Christianity at all, forgiveness is fundamental in it. So I was thinking, yeah, of course, I understand. But as I walked into the bathroom, it was one of those, I call them the, the, 
the rhema moments, the 10,000 thoughts all at once. And the Holy Spirit just showed me I had so much bitterness against my husband. I had so much unforgiveness. I had allowed all these little offenses to just stack up. And when the Lord, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and reminded me that when that passage came to life to forgive others in the same way that I have been forgiven in Christ, just as in Christ, God has forgiven you. It wrecked me. And I recognized, I started to realize I had so much unforgiveness and I started to sort through that. And once I started to sort through my bitterness and my unforgiveness against my husband, I started to let go of all the little offenses that had so bothered me. It was like something changed in our relationship. So I just want to talk to those of you who are married and say, in the same way you've been forgiven, forgive your spouse. This also applies to to sibling relationships and work relationships and all the relationships. Forgiveness is so freeing and it is possible. And so God would never call us to do something that he wouldn't give us the ability to do. So if you have said in your mind, I can never forgive, I I will never forgive that person. I'm here to tell you, you can be free today. It is possible. Forgiveness is possible. So that's the P. Now the first E is forgiveness is elementary. Oh, I want to back up. I forgot one thing. Um, the, the original word that's used here for forgive is a word that actually means grace, to give grace to someone, to give someone something they do not deserve. Because a lot of times when we have unforgiveness against people, it, it's really actually because they, they have done something to us or we feel like they've done something to us. And sometimes they don't even realize that they have. Sometimes they do. Sometimes it's even intentional. But the, but the standard is the same. We are all called to forgive. And I just want to say this. Bitterness does not look good on you. Bitterness is not a good look. You can kind of see bitterness in people's faces, can't you? Um, you can see, you know, when you're driving down the road. You know, somebody's got like grumpy cat face. You know, you can see it. I just was reading, there's a study that Johns Hopkins uh, University Hospital put out on the health benefits of forgiveness. And it talked about all of the things that attach themselves physically. Now, this is not coming from any kind of a spiritual standpoint. This is a physiological study that they did on the health benefits of forgiving. What what it does is it, it can set you free from anxiety, from depression, from hostility, from uh, even suicidal tendencies. Forgiveness can release you from a lot of icky stuff. But bitterness is not a good look. There's actually a proverb. It says, bitterness rots the bones. It starts to tear apart your constitution. Forgiving people helps you sleep better. It helps you digest your food better. It helps you get along with people better. (laughs) It helps all kinds of different areas in your life. But yet, there's a sense that we have of justice. And that is what keeps us back. It's a distorted sense of justice because it's not rooted in truth. Because if we really honestly believe that we deserve to be forgiven, then we would in turn 
be a lot more generous with other people. Have you ever heard that saying, um, we judge others by their actions, but we judge ourselves by our intentions? You know, we always give ourselves a pass. Well, the reason I can't forgive that guy is because da 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 We have some reason. But bitterness is not a good look. There is a beauty that comes through forgiving and through being gracious. Um, may I have a volunteer, Miranda? <laughs> she knows what to expect now. She was here for service. <laughs> um, one of the things that the, that the devil loves to do is he loves to do what's called a foothold. Footholds are those things that prevent us from moving forward with God. And so I want, I want uh, to give a visual demonstration of this. So Miranda is going to walk by me. So she's just going about her life. She's just doing her thing. And Satan gets a hold of her. She can't go anywhere. She's stagnant. She's stuck. This is what bitterness does to you. This is what bitterness does to you. It keeps you from moving forward with God. Can you just thank her for that brilliant performance? Yeah. Encore. (laughs) Bitterness is not a good look, and the enemy wants to use bitterness as a foothold. You know, I'm using these words interchangeably. Unforgiveness, bitterness, resentment. Kind of, they all have a little bit of a different twist, but essentially they're all rooted in the same ugliness, right? So, So forgiveness is possible. When we forgive and when we receive the forgiveness, we experience peace, the peace of God. The second thing, the E, the first one is that forgiveness is elementary. This is the foundation of Christianity. Without forgiveness, it is impossible to see the Lord. If we have not received his forgiveness, we cannot know him. And if we don't extend forgiveness, we're blinded in certain areas. We have those footholds, those strongholds, those areas of blindness, those spiritual cataracts, if you will. And this is what the Lord is saying. Luke 17, if you would turn to that in your Bible, if you have your Bible with you, it says, be on your guard. Okay, now this is in the context of forgiveness. Be on your guard. You're going to be offended. Okay? Just FYI, you will be offended. (laughs) Some people are happy about that. You will. It's just part of life. Now, what you do with that offense determines how freely you will be able to walk, how healthy you will be able to be, how spiritual you will be able to be, how clearly you'll be able to see. If you take that offense and you just hold on to it, and you nurture it, my precious. We do that, don't we? We're like, they hurt my feelings, and I don't know. My precious. And the Lord's saying, get rid of that thing. What I think it's so funny, because it's like we, we have this little tiny rock that represents the offenses that people have done to us, and yet we're blind to the mountain range of our own offenses, our own sins that are behind us. Aren't we? 
We have such a different standard for other people. But here, Jesus is saying, be on your guard. Just recognize this. You will be offended. What are you going to do with that offense? What are you going to do? Are you going to nurture it? Are you going to cherish it? Are you going to continue to obsess over it? It says, if your brother sins, which implies that people are probably going to sin. Yeah, right? It says here, rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. I always say you can't rebuke someone until you've already buked them. But anyway, if your brother sins, rebuke him. If he repents, what does it say? What do you do? Can't hear you. You guys unwilling? Is this what's happening here? <laughs> Let's say it together. If your brother sins, you rebuke him. And if he repents, forgive him. That means you don't keep going back. You remember that time in 1841 when you sinned against me? And you don't keep going back. You let it go. Learn from Anna or Elsa. Which one is one? Let it go. Um, if he sins, you rebuke him, which means you go to them and confront them. We talked about confrontation as a loving thing, loving biblical confrontation. You go to that person, show them their fault. That's even after you've forgiven, but then you rebuke them. But then if they repent, if they say, I'm so sorry, or if they start to see it your way, or there's a deeper understanding or something happens, it says, forgive him. It says, but if he sins against you seven times in one day and comes back to you seven times and says, I repent, you must forgive him. Must. It doesn't say you might want to consider forgiving him. It says you must. Why? So that you can be in right relationship with God so that you can experience God's peace. This is a different word for forgive. This actual word for forgive here means to let go, to, to release a debt. Um, I told a story earlier. Um, when my husband and I first got together, we lived below the poverty line for the first three years of our marriage. We were, we were starving musicians. We didn't starve, but we were musicians and we didn't make a whole lot of money, even though we were trying really hard. He was working in the studio and I was trying to give piano and voice lessons. And um, we just, we struggled just to make ends meet. And um, I was a little bit legalistic back then. And um, I went to him and I said, um, you have never, ever paid taxes. So I think you should do that. I think you should confess to the IRS. And we all know how forgiving the IRS is, right? <laughs> the tax man hasn't changed much over the centuries. So we confessed to the IRS that he had never paid taxes, and they slapped a lien on us so fast it made our heads spin. And so we were, we were already living in poverty, and yet... We had this lien on us, and they asked us, they had us go through all of this paperwork and try to figure everything out. And, and so we said, well, we think we could maybe afford to pay this much. And instead, they came back to us, and they were asking us to pay twice as much as our monthly income. I mean, it was like this huge, you know the feeling, right? This Just this horrible feeling of just being weighed down. 
we were just, we, we were so helpless and so hopeless. We really did not know what to do because, because of the interest, it just kept increasing, increasing, and it just became like the snowball effect. And we became so destitute. And then suddenly one day, this, this dear friend of ours came to us and told us about this elderly woman who was filthy rich, who loved to give. This was like a gift she had. She was this adorable Filipino woman who just had the gift of giving. So our dear friend introduced us to this woman, took us to her house. We met her the very first time. And she, remember checks? She wrote us a massive check for the amount that we owed the IRS plus a couple hundred extra dollars just so we could get some groceries. And I'm telling you, taking that money and paying off that debt to the IRS, and she said, no strings attached. She goes, the Lord has blessed me so much, I want to bless others. That's like that proverb, it says, the generous man will prosper. Whoever refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Amen? There is a spiritual principle behind that, but that's not what today's message is about. But anyway, she was so generous and so gracious. And there was this feeling of relief that I don't even know how to describe. It was incredible. And that's the same feeling that we give others when we forgive their debt. And that same feeling when we finally understand that we can never pay off our debt to the Lord, but all we can do is receive it by faith, that gracious gift that he's given us. But that's what this word forgive means. It's to forgive means to give up the right to demand something of someone else or to demand restitution. That's what forgiveness means, giving up the right to do that. And this is foundational in the Christian belief system. This is everything. This is where it starts, and this is where it continues, which leads to this to the first um, A, where it says it is authoritative. Forgiveness is possible. It's elementary, but it is authoritative. There is a spiritual dynamic that comes through that foothold. That when you when you're offended, and is it, who isn't offended today? I mean, we live in a, Chase isn't offended. We live in a culture of offense, don't we? Everyone's just looking for a reason to be offended. We're supposed to look different. There is a spiritual authority that comes through forgiving others, through releasing. There's that peace that's released. There's that feeling of that burden being lifted when we forgive, if you would turn in your Bibles to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. I love this passage. Um, 2, 2 Corinthians 2, verse 10. And it says, Anyone you forgive, I do too. For what I have forgiven, if I have forgiven anything, it is for your benefit in the presence of Christ. Now I want you to get this, this next section. So that we might may not be taken advantage of by Satan. You see, unforgiveness is the tool of the evil one. 
This is one of the tools that Satan uses to mess you up, to grab you, and to prevent you from moving forward. Because it says here, it says, we may not be taken advantage of by Satan, for we are not ignorant of his schemes. You know, you know, you hear sometimes they say, God loves you and has a wonderful plan for your life. Conversely, Satan hates you and he has a wicked plan for your life. And one of the things that evil one wants to do, he wants to use bitterness and unforgiveness and resentment and offense and hatred to keep you from becoming everything you were created to be, to keep you from walking in the calling that God has for you, to keep you from being set free, to be released, to bring life to people, to encourage people, to lift up the name of Jesus. The enemy is very wise. He's been around. He's not wise. Um, He's clever. He's very clever. And he knows enough about us to know how to trip us up. And one of the main things I believe that the enemy uses today in the lives of believers is unforgiveness. Unforgiveness. It says, we will not be taken advantage of by Satan. We are not unwise to his schemes. Again, this word means forgive. It means to extend grace. To give something to someone that they don't deserve. And that's what forgiveness is. A lot of times, giving somebody something that they don't deserve. Let me just say this. If you're wondering in your mind if you can figure out forgiveness, you probably won't be able to. This is one of those spiritual principles that is so beyond our comprehension. We don't understand. It doesn't make sense. Forgiveness does not make sense because we have a distorted sense of justice. We think if someone sins against me, they owe me, they're going to pay. Right? Anybody? Can you admit that? We think that. Like somehow, like if someone cuts me off on the freeway, I'm going to make them pay. Like I'm going to drive up and give them a dirty look. That'll make them pay. Right? Because that always works. It always changes the person too. (laughs) We have this distorted sense of justice. Like somehow, if someone wrongs me, I am going to get them back. Don't we? Right now, I want you to think about that. I want you to think about one person or a group of people. It may be a family. It may be a certain group of, you know, a stereotype that you have. It may be a different race. It may be, uh, you know, like you were sinned against by a teacher, so now you hate all teachers. Or, you know, there may be a group or an individual that you are struggling to forgive. Remember, this is elementary, which means all of us will be offended. Offenses will come. Jesus warned us. He said offenses will come. So think about that person or those people. And think about how the enemy has used this bitterness to mess you up. Forgiveness is possible. It's elementary. It's authoritative. There's a spiritual dynamic that comes through being able to stomp on the head of the evil one, just crush his head by saying, no, I will not have unforgiveness. I will not be bitter. I refuse to be offended. Can you say that right now? I refuse to be offended. 
Can you say it again and mean it? I refuse to be offended. You know, we, we think that we have all these rights. We don't have rights. As believers in Christ, we are dead to ourselves, dead to our own agendas, dead to the things of this world. We live for Christ. It says our lives are hidden now with Christ. Our lives are hidden. We should glow. We should look like Jesus. Not like this. Okay, so it's possible, elementary, authoritative, and it is continual. Y'all, you are going to have to go for the rest of your life, unless you go live on a mountaintop high up on, you know, some the Lone Peak or Wasatch Front somewhere, you are always going to be running into people that are going to sin against you. You are always going to be running into people that are going to forgive you. Or you're going to be wrestling with your past. You're going, to be, you're going to continue to go back to that place where you were hurt or where you were rejected or where they abandoned you. They walked out on you and you thought you were going to walk with them for the rest of your life and they just dissed you. Or they violated you. Or they took advantage of you. The enemy wants to hold your foot and keep you from walking freely with Christ. And he also wants to hold you captive by continuing to take you back to the areas where you've been the one who's hurt people. You've been the one who's offended people. You've been the one who's been selfish or rejected people or abandoned people. Or violated people. And you can't let it go. You just feel like you can't release yourself to receive the forgiveness that Jesus wants to pour out on you. So you don't have peace with God. You, ha- you struggle to come into his presence because you're just racked with shame. Maybe it's an ongoing sin. Maybe it's something you just, you feel like you're never going to get set free. Maybe it's porn. I mean, I know that, that I talk about this a lot because it's rampant. It's rampant in our culture. But I want to tell you, <clears throat> Jesus can set you free. You don't have to walk in shame. My husband was bound by it for years. And he fasted and prayed, and the Lord set him free. He fasted for three days, and he cried out, and God set him free. And I want to tell you, you can be delivered. But do not let shame be that foothold that keeps you from going into God's presence and keeps you from receiving that forgiveness, because you will not have peace until you just trust his process and his forgiveness. So forgiveness it's possible, elementary, authoritative, and it is continual. Luke eleven four, <clears throat> Jesus was hanging out with the disciples, and they said, will you teach us to pray? This is <clears throat> one of the things that he taught them. He said, if you forgive us our sins, or it says, he's praying, I'm sorry, forgive us our sins, for we ourselves also forgive everyone in debt to us. And do not bring us into temptation. I don't think that's a coincidence that this is in the context of forgiveness because we will constantly be tempted to be offended. We will constantly be tempted to hold bitterness and unforgiveness against people. 
We will constantly be butting up against this as long as we have this body of flesh, as long as we feel like we have any rights, we are always going to have to forgive. And, and for some of you, you may have suffered abuse for years and years and years. And this is not going to be like this one-time process. This isn't going to be like, okay, well, I forgive and now I'm through it. This is a continual thing. You are going to have to continue to choose. I want to say this. Forgiveness is a choice. It's not a matter of I cannot forgive. It's that I won't. I will not. Will being I choose not to. It is my will against the will of God when you choose to hold on rather than releasing and saying, nope, in the same way that I've been forgiven, I will forgive others. Again, it's that little tiny rock that, that is others' offense against us compared to a mountain range. Okay? It is a continual thing. John chapter 20, verse 20, 23 says, If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven them. But if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is saying that if you're going to continue to hold unforgiveness against someone, you are linked to them. You are bound to them. They will obsess in your thoughts. They will constantly be, you'll be afraid of maybe an encounter with them. I always talk about the Costco effect or the Sam's Club effect or Walmart effect or whatever, wherever you shop. Um, but this is the thing, how I can tell if I have unforgiveness against someone is if I am in Costco and I think I see that person and I go the other way. That is a sure sign that I may have some unfinished business. And sometimes it may be, um, it may be not a big deal, but I just chose to be offended by something. But sometimes it can be a really deep wounding. But when those times come up, even... Even mild irritation is a sign that you have bitterness against someone. If everything they do just kind of rubs you the wrong way, there's the sound of their voice or the way that they chew loud or whatever, you know, every little thing just annoys you. That is a sign of bitterness. I'm mostly speaking to married people right now. But, <laughs> but we have a choice in this. We can decide. I can choose to forgive, but it is a continual and a constant thing that we have to do. Um, I had a friend who, um, she was sexually violated by her stepdad for years and years and years. And she was walking through the process of trying to forgive this man who was a monster. And guess what? He died. So she's never going to have reconciliation with this man. He just died. But she was still left with all of this rage and bitterness and unforgiveness. And she still had to walk through the process. What I'm saying is that that person who you, you are wasting all of your energy hating so much or, or being resentful against that person may never come to repentance. They may never ask for forgiveness. You may never even see them again. 
And I'm, and I'm saying, just because you forgive doesn't mean you need to necessarily re-engage with that person. You might need to, but if it's an issue of safety, then no, you don't. But you still need to be released from that person by forgiving them so that you can have peace with God. So forgiveness is possible, it's elementary, it's authoritative, it's continual, and it is empowering. There is a certain freedom and an empowering that comes from forgiveness. I'm going to skip down to my last passage here. We're almost done. Um, I want to talk about this this passage because a lot of people use this as um, to, to talk about giving and to talk about finances, but I really think there's a little different twist here. Um, I actually, uh, I think this is a really profound way to read this passage. It's Luke chapter 6, um, verse 37. So Luke 6, verse 37, do not judge and you will not be judged. You know, that's, that's um, anybody, even if they don't know anything else about the Bible, they do know this verse, right? Well, who are you to judge me? Who are you to judge? But it says, do not condemn and you will not be condemned. Now get this, get this. Forgive and you will be forgiven. Now this is what I want you to hear. Give and it will be given to you. The word here for forgive means to set free, to release. So what this passage is saying in the context of forgiveness is that as you forgive, you will be set free. As you set someone else free from your bitterness, you yourself will be set free. You yourself will have the peace of God that can only come through letting people go, through releasing them. Isn't that profound? It says, give and it will be given to you. A good measure pressed down, shaken together and running over will be poured into your lap. For with the same measure you use, it will be measured back to you. This word means to be set free. There is a giving forgiveness to others and then there is a receiving and we are, we, are, we are always caught in that tension. There's a, a pastor that I really enjoy listening to. He's very entertaining. He's got this huge church. And um, he's, he's doing a series right now. It's a whole series on forgiveness. And he's calling it FU, which stands for Forgiveness University. Oh, you are a little too, too holy. But he's, he's talking about forgiveness is not an easy thing. It has to sometimes happen by faith. It has to happen by faith. We have to trust and to believe that as we receive the forgiveness for our sins, past, present, and future, that we can walk with peace with our God, with our maker. 
But it also says that we have to trust that by faith, if God calls us to forgive, he is going to give us everything we need for life and godliness. He will give us the supernatural ability to do it when we will to do it, when we choose to forgive. The Holy Spirit will come alongside you and give you everything you need. You may need to walk with someone through this. You may need to go through a process with with a Christian counselor, a Christian therapist, or maybe a, a spiritual leader someone you trust, someone who knows the word of God, please, if you call yourself a disciple of Jesus, don't go to someone who doesn't know Jesus for wisdom. Go go to someone who really gets it, who understands this principle and this peace that comes only through forgiveness, both receiving and extending. So would you stand, please? I want to just challenge you with two questions. First of all, I want to ask, what is it that you believe you cannot be forgiven for? What is that thing? You're just walking under this cloud of shame. That thing you just, you feel like, you know, I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sins, but there's that one thing. that one thing and Jesus is saying everything I have forgiven you for everything you have to believe this by faith because it doesn't make sense in our finite minds so I want to ask you what that is and then the second thing I want to ask you is who is it you will not forgive you just keep going back and You're going over and over in your mind the details of how they offended you. You're rehearsing it in your mind. You're just building a rut in your brain because you just keep thinking about it. Who do you need to be set free from today? Who do you need to forgive so that you can have the peace of God? He has given us everything we need for life and godliness. You can receive forgiveness by faith and you can extend forgiveness by faith. You can allow the Holy Spirit, the lover of your soul, to come and to heal your broken heart and to give you the ability to forgive and to release and to let go and to pour out grace and to cut off the debt, to forgive that debt. So we're going to do that this morning. I'm not, I'm not going to try to promise you that, you know, if we just take it to the Lord right now, that years and years and years of abuse suddenly are just going to be wiped. It could be. That could happen. I've seen that happen. But can you make the choice this morning to forgive? And can you make the choice to receive? Yeah? Let's go before the Lord. Father, we come before you, Lord, and we don't understand your ways. Your your ways are so much higher than our ways. But we thank you that you have promised to love us with a love that, that is without measure. We thank you, Lord, that you have promised that as we come to you, Lord, And as we believe by faith that you went to the cross and paid the penalty for our sins, that we can be forgiven. We stand against shame in the name of Jesus. We stand against lies that keep us from receiving your grace, receiving your mercy, receiving the forgiveness that you offer. Lord, we want to receive that right now. In the name of Jesus, we don't understand it, but Lord, we, we want to believe. Help our unbelief, God. 
Help us to say no to shame. Help us to receive your forgiveness. And Lord, also, we have someone or, or a group of people, Lord, that we just, we feel tied to. We're bound to them. In the name of Jesus, Lord, right now, we choose to take that person or those people and take them off our hook and put them on yours, Lord. We know that you are just. You are a God of mercy. Vengeance is yours, Lord. You said you will repay. We don't need to, to repay someone. Evil for evil, God. So by faith, right now, Lord, we declare to you, we will forgive. Can you just say that? Can you just say, I will forgive? Can you say that out loud? Let's say it out loud again with meaning. Ready? I will forgive. One more time. I will forgive. Lord, we are in process. We thank you, Lord, that your love is everlasting. We thank you that you are gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and rich in mercy, that you are long-suffering, that you persevere with us, and we need you, Lord. We are desperate for you. Help us receive forgiveness and extend it in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. If you're a person and you have never come to Jesus, you have never been forgiven for your sins, I would love to be able to walk with you, talk with you about that today. Or if you would talk to the person who brought you or someone that you know who knows Jesus, um, we would love to be able to walk with you in that process. If you're online, please give us a call. You can connect with us either on Facebook or Instagram, or you can call our church office. Um, we believe that that the Lord provides for everything, for all of our needs. So we trust and believe that God is going to give you what you need, even in forgiving and in receiving his forgiveness. So love you all. We'll see you next week. God bless you. 